Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Craig McDonald. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back, Craig. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure as always. It's a pleasure, yes. Love our Tuesday afternoon podcasting. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've been a bit sick actually. I'm finally over it. Thank mm. fuck. Yeah, you don't sound like a tractor anymore. <laughs> nice. I thought you said I had a sexy sick voice. I still want to make you feel better, babe. <laughs> oh, God. It really, when you're unwell, makes you grateful for being well. Yes. Doesn't it? Absolutely. It's Did so train funny. Ten days. When, when you're when you're not sick, you're thinking about all these things, and this could be better. I could be doing this, or all these other things. But then, when you're sick, the only thing you think about is being well, oh, getting better. I know it's it's crazy how everything shifts. But I sort of did it to myself because I yeah, you know, been sort of talking about on the podcast. <coughs> Got a tiny little bit of cough left, but not really. Um, that I'd just been socialising too much and just burning the candle at both ends. Mm. I think a bit too much and. Yep. Yeah, and then I got sick. Um, yeah, and I had been probably for about 12 weeks, a bit shit with my tracking, not tracking my steps. Yeah. I was training, but not making any progress, just maintaining, just maintaining my yeah. numbers. We were also really busy as well. Like one of our yeah. coaches was away, so I was doing more calls. So it was just a combination of everything, mm-hmm. probably the mostly that I was, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, it's interesting, you know, because a lot of women will ask me, you know, Kitty, do you still have to train at the intensity you do and try and continue to lift, lift heavier weights, you know, forever? And it was just interesting over this 12-week period, and it just goes to show if you can put the work in and build the foundation, the maintenance is easy. Yeah. So my body stayed the same. My weights, you know, now that we're doing this, I've started tracking my weight again, but I jumped on the 67 and a half kilos. I looked the same. I just felt shit. Yeah. You know, I just wanted well, to stop I, doing I it because I feel... I would say you probably looked a bit softer. Oh, yeah. But, you know, look, I haven't, I haven't gained any weight. I haven't yeah, really gained no, any body height. No, a little, little bit... Well, probably lost a bit of muscle. A little, little bit of muscle, a little bit of fat gain. But yeah, was, but not really. Yeah, Considering just, for 12 weeks, you know, and I... Yeah, no, I, I, I just was very inconsistent yeah. with tracking my food, you know, just yeah. walked, but didn't track my steps and I trained, Yeah, but I just trained. I didn't yeah. try and beat my numbers. Sometimes I pulled it back because I was tired or I was sick, yeah. um, but I stayed relatively the same. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, you, what it takes to build it and get to that place yeah. where you're happy, it takes a lot less. Like yeah. maintenance is a lot easier. Well, even when you're not going in into a, a, a session that's that you're tracking and really actively trying to beat your numbers, there's just a standard of weights that you will lift, even if you're just like, oh, I'm just going to have a bit of a whatever session. You're still going to warm up and you're still going to put weights on and do them that's still challenging. It might be, you know, um, th- th- those numbers might reflect what you were doing when you were really serious about your training maybe a month or two prior, but you're still, it's not like you're going to go on there and on, a, you know, a hack squat, you know, just do the hack squat with no weight on it. Oh, of course. Of but I guess still what, going to work up to... Like, the point I'm trying to make to women who are listening to this is that, yes, you need to be more disciplined to get there. You have to be. You have yeah, to dial it in. You have to be more consistent yeah. with your nutrition. But the great thing of it is once you get there, yeah. if there's periods, you know, like I wouldn't have continued on with that because 
even though I didn't look that much different, I just felt shit. Yes. I was still feeling tired yes. all the time, you know, and having shit training sessions and even though I was having fun socializing, it was just too much the other way. Yeah. Um, but it just shows that if you can build that foundation, build that muscle, then the maintenance part is relatively easy. I mean, I ate out heaps. We did heaps of eating out, you know, drank more alcohol than I usually would. Yep. But again, it's not a matter of I stopped because I, you know, gained weight or gained body fat. It was I stopped because I didn't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to feel tired yeah. anymore. I'd feel shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess today's podcast, we're splitting it into two parts, is talking about the road to the photo shoot. So Craig has always wanted to do a photo shoot. He just wants well, to get not, some not, not sexy really, gruds on and, you know, flex his muscles. <laughs> no, that, that, Yes, you do. No. It's I, okay to say that you want to do a photo shoot. Well, I do now because obviously we're- You've always wanted to do something. You wanted to either compete or do a photo shoot. And I'm like, don't compete. Yeah, well, I just- No, I've never really had any desire to compete because I, I never you did. You have. You've talked about it. Are you fucking right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, just be honest. Just shut the yeah. fuck up for a moment, <laughs> would you? Um. No, I, I did. I went through stages where I was like, oh, you know, maybe I will or maybe I won't. And then, you know, like having some friends who kind of competed and sort of, you know, been there when they were going through their prep. And then I was like, oh, you know, this would actually be really cool to probably do. And then we get busy in our business and whatever. And every time I do, I've just realized I'm just, I'm, I'm really not that excited about going through mm. competition prep. My hat's off to people who do go through oh, that. Oh, they're amazing. Um, it, you know, it's, it's awesome. starving yourself. It's so like... Oh yeah, yeah, and the depleting and all that sort of stuff, you know. Like I, I, I totally, but it's just I've never had a real burning desire to do it. So, you know, I, I, I've just never got. It's just not something that excites me all that much. Um, but you just want to wear the sexy DTs, don't you? That's well, hey now. He wears these when he does yeah, his checks, check in photos. He wears these cute little tight the Calvin Klein's. Calvin Klein's that yeah. are very small. <laughs> I always pay him out heaps when he puts them on. Yeah. Don't I? Kitty's like a, a fucking sand crab. Yeah. Was walking around going, oh, look at those grunts. Look at your penis and those grunts. Yeah. <laughs> fucking get off They me. just look so funny though. I'm like, they're so tight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, but anyway, so you yeah. decided you'd finally pull the trigger and uh, sit in, lock in a photo shoot. And I thought, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it with him. Um, but I'm not going to have Never to Never to be outdone. Well, I just thought, you know, it'd be good to refocus again and refocus on oh, yeah. my... Oh, yeah. Listen, look, I'm sick of being a booze hound and a party girl. <laughs> no, but I just thought it'd be fun to do it with you and then we'd get some of those sexy photos together, even though I fucking hate posing. Um, but just to have a focus again with my training and set some performance goals and just have a goal again, it'll be, be, be fun. You know, I've gone through the non-goal stage. Yeah. Um, but obviously I'm not going to have to diet as much as you cause you're fatter than me. So, you know, <laughs> thank fuck. Cause I hate dieting so much. Um, so anyway, we thought we'd get on and Craig would talk, talk everyone through, you know, the, the process that we're going to both go through to get there. So the building phase, mm. the holding phase, the dieting phase, you know, what, what you know, how, how that nutrition will be set up. Um, and then part two, we'll talk about the training. So, okay. Over to you. So <laughs> I've been pretty much, um, gaining since about, uh, so, so, April last year. So, so April 22, I come out of the diet and I started reversing. 
Um, so it's been, what are we in, end of May now? So it's been over a year of just gain. I've only kind of done, I haven't done a, like a hard mini cut during that time because I've been pretty. What's a mini cut for the listeners out there that may not know what a mini cut is? A mini cut is an aggressive period of dieting where you bring your calories down super low, but you want When you say super low, like what is percentage of your maintenance calories? So about 33%. Okay. So, and also too, just side note, this is. You would only recommend this for experienced, like, lifters and people who are very consistent and have been going through a building phase. If you're a woman who's been dieting, you wouldn't be doing this. No, no, no. And and in all honesty, the the, the whole point of a mini cut is actually to prolong your muscle building phase. Mm-hmm. So obviously when you go through a muscle building phase, you need to be in a caloric surplus and slowly seeing your weight go up. And what's how much? Uh, generally for, for females, about 1% of their body weight per month. Taste, it's not a lot. Is It's not a yep. lot. You know, and it does depend on the person. That's, that's not a hard rule. It's just kind of like, this is generally what works pretty well for most people. Um, given that w- women can only gain so much strength, you know, on, on a week to week basis. Guys, you can be a little bit more aggressive because they can handle mass and they can push heavier weights, obviously. But 1% per month is generally pretty good, and that's obviously where you look at measurements and you look at photos to kind of determine, can we push it a little bit harder, or do we actually need to dial back? So, you know, the power of the check-in. That's right, because you don't want to gain too much body fat. No, well, I mean, the, the whole point about a, a, a gaining phase is to put on as much lean muscle as possible, but you, you need to be in a surplus to do that, and if you're doing it for long enough, you are going to accumulate some body fat. Yeah, you have to, right? Like, no that's normal. That yeah, but you don't, you, so like some of like the dirty bulk where they just... Get fat as, and then because you have to get it off. Yeah, whatever goes on has to come off, right? And it's sort of like, well, if we do it at a at a at a a reasonable pace, and obviously, you know, this is where tracking your food and doing weekly check ins and doing your measurements and tracking your body weight and looking at photos, looking at your relative strength gains, that's going to determine, you know, what happens month after month. Do we push it a little bit harder or do we pull it back? But you can continue to do that for an extended period of time. Now, coming back to your question about the mini cut, because I know. You can see that look in your face where you want to jump in. You're like, I'm not really listening to you. I'm just. Looking. I am listening. I'm just trying to think about the questions that people would ask. So the the mini cut is once you get to a certain point, and 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 you know, for for a female, you know, if we're going through this, say like one of my clients, she's about sixteen percent on sixteen uh, percent body fat on average year round. When we go on through this phase, once they get up to about twenty two percent, so it's about a six percent body fat gain. That's generally where it will be a rough cutoff where I'll go, okay, we've we've gained as much as we can. You've kind of accumulated as much body fat as we're probably prepared to go. Now that's where we use a mini cut to do a, like a four to six week aggressive dieting phase to basically just wash off some of that accumulated body fat to then bring you back down and then allow you hopefully to give you another three to six months of gaining again. Mm-hmm. So the, the point of a mini cut is to essentially extend a mass gaining phase. It's not to be used as a conventional diet because a conventional diet is about uh, not going that hard with the calories, you know, maybe going at about 20 to 25% at the most over that time. And you do it gradually over a 16 to 20 week period. Mini cuts are only four to six weeks, really, really aggressive. Sure. And then you pull it back out. Um, and when, okay, so... The, the the initial phase for us will be a building phase. Mm-hmm. So in a building phase, you talked about eating in a calorie surplus. How much of a surplus above your maintenance calories typically? Um, so that's going to be very individualistic. It depends mm-hmm. on like you need to have a good 
baseline of so you need to know what your maintenance calories yeah. are and then how the person responds to training, what they're consistent so like. would you say then if you don't have that data, because what you're doing with me, because I've not been consistent for the yeah. last 12 weeks, yeah. is we've set my calories, yeah. we've set my training, yeah. and you're going to test it for two weeks. Correct. And you're going to see what happens. Yeah. So basically we've set my calories at 2,900. Mm-hmm. I'm doing still doing the same program, same program structure. So I'm doing a three-day program, full body, upper body, lower body. Yeah. And I'm just doing that because it works for me and it fits in my schedule. So yep. I'm not saying that that's the best split because, you know, people as the podcast say, oh, but Kitty said this. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the best. Craig's actually training five days. Yep. He likes to train five days. Yeah. So we're setting the calories. I think my protein's about 170. What I'm actually doing is I hit the protein and then I let the carbs and fat be in a range. Yep. So... As long as I hit the calories. And I think in a building phase, you can be a bit more flexible with this, I think. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'll make sure I hit the protein. And then the fat will usually range from, say, 55 grams to maybe 70, max 75. And then yep. the carbs will fill up the rest. Yes. Ensuring that I hit the calories. Um, and so, what are your calories set at? Uh, so, mine on a training day are at 37.50. And on my non-training day, they're at uh, 29.50. So, so what do you think then, what, what's the benefits versus, you know, because I like to just eat the same calories every day. Sometimes yeah. I've done it in the past where I do lower high. I'm like, oh, it's just a fuck around for me. Yeah. It's annoying and I just, it's easy to just eat the same thing. So do you think it's just personal preference? Yeah, I, I think um, like on my training days, I'm just, I'm not, I still hit my 12,000 steps per day. But I'm just not that as active, and like for me at the moment, like thirty-seven fifty calories, like that's that's a lot of food to be eating. Um, and I, I just like it because I'm like I just don't need to eat as much that day, and it's just I just find it a little easier. Yeah. But the way I set up my food is all I do is just pull my rice pudding and my condensed milk out. So you eat pretty much the same thing. It's still the same structure. It's just yep. a little bit less of those meals where I would have them as a pre and post workout. Yep. So it's really easy. My my, 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 my food is identical. So it's really easy to kind of make that adjustment. And that's just something that works for me. Do you need to do that? Absolutely not. Like all, all of our best clients have, that have had the best transformations, like none of them do high-low days. But I think, again, it's about finding what works for you and yeah. fits and then being consistent yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, the way I do it, it still works out to an average calories, which I think, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it's about 34 or something like that. Uh, like as a weekly calorie. So it's just a, on the days that I'm training because some of my sessions, you know, take quite a while. I, I just want to eat more food on those so I, f- I feel mm. more recovered. Mm. But on the days that I'm not training, I'm not expending as much. So I just, I don't need to, I don't feel like I need to eat as much. So it's just something that works for me. Um, is one better than the other? Absolutely not. I mean, there has been arguments about when you're in a deficit, you know, having more, um, carbs on those training days is going to obviously help you fuel but also help your recovery process but that is, that is here or there you know i really don't think it makes really that much difference because i've prepped people to get super lean doing one way and i've prepped people to get super so lean it's just more about way. what works for you absolutely whatever yeah. the client prefers some people yeah. are just like no i just don't want to think about that i want to eat the same thing yeah. you know yep fine yeah no pumps. yep okay cool so we're basically going to test so i've set I've obviously got to be consistent with it, which I am being. It's two days in, yep. be consistent so far. Well done, Kitty. Yep. Um, and then weigh every day. Yeah. Why do you weigh every day and then average the weight at the end of the week? Well, so we can uh, take into account the fluctuations that happen on a daily basis. So 
you know, things like hydration, uh, stress, poor sleep, training, you, you know, training cycle, um, your menstrual cycle. Like there are a number of reasons why your weight will fluctuate. None of them have anything to do with fat gain. They're just daily fluctuations because they're daily fluctuations. But in order to understand what's actually truly happening, we want to weigh ourselves every single morning. First thing when we wake up after we've been to the bathroom, but before we eat or drink anything, weigh ourselves, do that in, do that every day for seven days. And on the seventh day, when you do your check-in, work out your average weight, mm. right? And then that's going to give you a week one body weight average. And then you're going to repeat that same process again for week two. And then you can compare the, the trend. Did your weight go up, go, go down or stay the same mm. after week two? And you can then kind of basically, I just have a calculation that I work out what the average rate of gain or loss is, mm. and then depending on what phase you're in, will determine what kind of. So we'll diet look at my weight. Yeah. Well, it's doing in a two-week period, and then you'll make an adjustment to the calories. Yes. And then, so how long? So the photo shoots on the twenty-fourth, I think, of October or somewhere around there. So how many weeks are we doing the building phase? Probably I'll do it longer than you. Hey. Yeah, so I've, yeah, you, you can because you don't have as much to lose. That's right. I'm not a fatty like you. <laughs> I'm just fucking, I'm just stirring him up, everyone. Everybody's like, no, I can't leave Kitty. No, well, I mean, that, that, you're not a fatty. Case, I'm just joking. No, I'm but, joking. I, I've been, yeah, but you do have more body fat to lose than me. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been gaining for over 12 months now. So yep. I've, you know, like I, I haven't, I've definitely accumulated more than I'd like to, but it's, it's at a point now where at my level of advancement where I have to just forego the fact that I'm, don't look as good with a shirt off at this stage. <laughs> Definitely looking very soft. Um, keeping the old guts tucked in, the old the terrible time, all, guts. All that. So when he lets it all hang out. Um, but but I'm also at my my strongest, highest strength levels around a, a mm. lot of the big lifts. So you know it's all it means to win. We have to look at the gaining phase as a time where you're not going to look your best, but you're going to make the most progress from a muscle gain perspective. Mm. And then the goal is once we finish this gain phase, you know, we basically strip it all off and see what we've built. Do you think potentially as well, because like we work with a lot of different women, yeah. majority women we work with have got fat to lose and they're under muscled. Yes. You know, it's less women that we work with that are like, say like I am now, but I think one thing that stops potentially women who are smaller from getting the physique that they want is eating in this surplus yeah. and getting stronger for a longer period of time. Because they spend too much time dieting. Well, I, I would say the vast majority of our people don't need to do that. They can eat at maintenance and we basically go through the comp phase yeah. because their, their strength, even though they might have a lot of fat to lose, the vast majority of women are, are massively under-muscled more than mm. over-fat. Mm. And what we see is happen is because once they actually start training properly, like they learn how to execute and start training with Evan, have a structured program where they're, they're working towards strength milestones, the muscle happens very, very quickly. Well, mm. well, by quickly, I mean it, it's going to happen the quickest at that time more than it's, it's ever going to in the future. Mm. So we want to capitalize on the fact that you don't need to be eating in a surplus and gaining any more and simply just gaining muscle by, the, by way of your training performance is massively increasing week to week and just trying to set your calories at a range to just sort of maintain your body weight. That's where we're going to see those measurements come down. Mm. And we want to kind of set it up where you hit some training milestones that, okay, once you hit these, then we can go into a specific fat loss phase because then the goal is just to maintain your training at that point. You're not trying mm. to gain anymore because you'll get to a point where in order for you to start gaining, you then start to actually be eating more food into a surplus. And if they've still got quite a bit of body fat to lose or they want to really be dropping down, you know, like mm. 10 kilos or something more in body weight, then that's where like a, a proper focus on fat loss, an expedited fat loss phase 
make sense, but they that, that's only going to work efficiently if they've got the, the muscle built mm. up. In there. And that's, I think, like all of them, like I spoke to a lady today yeah, and she's in her fifties. I'm like, you're just under muscled. Yeah. You need to learn how to train yeah. properly yeah, and then eat enough to actually build some muscle so that then when you diet, you'll be eating high calories. Yeah. But by eat enough, they don't need to be in a surplus. No, 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 no. But you know, like, so there's, so I'm saying like, get out of the habit of maintenance calories is a range. Yes. Right. So we want to find the top end range of maintenance for them Hmm. relative to their output and their strength level continuing to increase. That might, they might allow that, sorry, that range might increase a little bit more over time Hmm. as they get stronger, but it should be not at a point where their weight starts to go up. No, what I was saying before you really cut me off. Oh, which is how it feels, man. Jeez. Fucking hell. Is that the women that we work with, typically they under-eat and restrict and then they binge. Yes, correct. So it's trying to get them to eat more on a daily, consistent basis and get them out of the habit of that binge, yes. restrict, binge, restrict. Yes. And eating enough to fuel their training and focusing on that body recomposition instead of going, fuck, I just need to get to this number on the scales. Yes. Because it just bites me in the ass every time. It's like you don't have enough muscle. You haven't spent enough time yep. actually like reviving your bloody metabolism because you've spent years fucking yourself. Yeah. Literally. You need to eat some food and yeah. start lifting and some weights and yep. build some yep. muscle. And it can be frustrating because it's slow, you know, like it's a slow, but we see it all the time with the women that just do, do that. They just come out better at the end. Mm. You know, they've got a better physique. They can eat more food because, you know, like, you know, we've talked about this before. Obviously having more muscle means that you do burn more calories at rest, but it's not exponentially a huge amount. No. But what, and this is from, we're just from us working with clients and our own experience, it's the recovery process from the hard strength training that's really energy intensive. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just like that the the calorie expenditure during a workout is very minimal. I mean mm. you might But even burn. adding more muscle, like if you yeah. added five kilos of muscle, how many more calories would you burn at rest? Oh, I can't remember that off the top of my head. I think Isn't it like thirty calories, calories per in... pound or something? Yeah. Or? yeah. It's, 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 it's not, not a lot. Much. It's not much. It's not a lot. Yeah. But it's I think it's the it's the recover like you train hard. And then your body is trying to recover the next day. Like that's yeah. what. Yeah. Is... You don't recover for free. No, no absolutely not. That's right. Like yeah. that's where I feel. Cause I, I notice that as soon as I start training hard and pushing, like training well mm. and executing the movements well and pushing them to failure. Yeah. My body's just like, fucking give me the food. Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, and I can eat more. Yeah. Um, yes. But that's but, why it's so important to... And activity tra- levels too. Yeah but, yeah, but that's why it's so important to track your food. And track your do, numbers. Do you check in every week and track yep. your body weight and, and do your measurements? Because it, it's like, don't take our word for it. If you yeah. actually measure those things, it becomes very obvious. You'll see. Yep. How much food or how much food you need to, or maybe a little bit less food or what you need to change. Like all of those things are very measurable and what you can measure, you can manipulate. Yeah. And the good thing too is like we've just talked about at the start of the podcast if you don't want to track forever, you don't have to. No. Like, get get to your goal. Yeah. Build that body. Like, I'm perfect example of that. You know, taking the piss for the last 12 weeks. Not really taking the piss, but, like, just not being very consistent. Still eating and, you know, eating all the foods I normally would. And, you know, I've done this for long enough to know how much to eat. Yeah. But I ate out a lot. I drank more alcohol than usual. I didn't track my steps. I just went for a walk. Yeah. But I didn't try and get a certain number of steps. And I was able to maintain yep. what I had. So if you put the work in and you learn how to track and you learn all these habits mm. or put these habits in place, you don't have to do it forever. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. all right, back to the building phase. So how long? Um, so I, I've got about another, to look at my schedule, I think it's about another nine weeks. So how long would I do, do you think? Well, you, you could probably go, you, you in reality probably only need about eight weeks. Of dieting. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I could do a, how many, so 12, 13, 14 weeks of this building phase. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If that's yep. what it works out to, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and what I'll be doing is like at the end of my nine weeks, I want my body weight to be as high, like as high as possible, you know, relatively, but I'm still tracking everything, but I want it to, to kind of end at the highest point. And then I'm basically going to hold it for four weeks. Mm -hmm. So like I'm actively pushing my strength as much as I can, like really pushing everything really, really hard. And then once I get to that, I want to hold that body weight and that composition and those lifts that mm -hmm. I've been doing. So they become the new set point. This is my new body weight set point. This is my new strength milestone set point. Mm. And then at that point, once it becomes homeostasis, it's like, this is just what we are that's when the fat loss phase starts mm. and then I can make it a decent drop in calories and start to see the fat come off while still being able to maintain those strength mm. milestones that I've had. So if I, if I can get them up to that point by the end of that nine weeks and then hold them, mm. then I know that they'll be pretty solid. They'll be locked in. And then because the, the whole goal about a fat loss phase is apart from losing as much fat as possible, it's also retaining as much muscle, muscle as possible. And the only reason you're going to maintain that muscle is if you've got these strength milestones that you've set and then the goal is I, I'm not trying to beat them during that point because I'm, I'm in an energy yeah. deficit it requires more to recover from that so I just go like if I'm hitting you know what's my stiff leg at like a 190 for 7 or something like that so every week during that fat loss phase I've just got to go in and hit 190 for 7 yep. to 190 for 7 week 3 190 for 7 well as the diet progresses that will drop off a little bit. It'll go 190 for six and then it'll go mm. 190 for five and then probably I'll drop it back to 185 and I'll get eight. And, mm. you know, so is it, there's, when, especially when you've got, like I'll probably lose, I don't know, maybe. Well, just, it's hard to know because I've been gaining for so long. It might be like between six and eight kilos, something yep. like that to get, yep. to get lean, lean. So obviously I'm just going to be at a smaller body weight. I'm going to have less glycogen in my muscles. So my ability to lift some of those bigger loads, is it, it's just not going to happen. They are going to drop off. Yep. But the point is, is that if I've exceeded everything that I've done from the previous um, fat loss phase where I was only maintaining like 160 kilos stiff leg for like nine reps or something like that, mm. if I'm maintaining around 25 to 30 kilos more on that particular lift, then hopefully I'll get leaner, but also be an extra three or four kilos heavier. Yep. So therefore that will be the muscle that I've gained. So so when you move into, so let's say we do this building phase and we go, okay, it's uh, actually, and let's just, I just want to talk about some different ways that we approach our nutrition, like versus the building phase versus the fat loss phase. So like you eat it probably the same, nearly the same thing every day. Yeah. What I like to do is I will have a bit of a think about what I want to eat for the week in terms of the dinners and the lunches. I'll usually like prep a lunch. So I've made a prawn laksa for this week. And then in the other days I've had, like Jeez, I just- That was a good laksa. Oh, I love laksa, eh? That's the best. Um, do we need to be talking about this in this podcast or can, we, can it wait? Didn't you say that- The laksa? Gonna, no, no. The nutrition, weren't we going to talk about that in part two? No, the attrition's now. We're talking about attrition now. The training's oh, part two. We've been talking about attrition for the last about 30 minutes. Fuck. <laughs> it's a world old machine here. We're going to talk specifically about the training in the next episode. So, um, you know, what I like to do, because I think obviously too, you can have a little bit more flexibility in the, in the building, not loads and not actually track, but you can, like I said, hit the protein, you can change, you know, uh, I guess 
put the carbs and fat up or down depending on yeah. you know, what you enjoy and then yeah. just hit the calories. But basically what I do is I have a think about what I'm going to have for the week. So like I've got two dinners or three dinners planned out, a couple of lunches. I have the same breakfast every day. So the night before what I do is I go in and I make I finalize the next day. Yep. So I think what that does is just makes it much easier, you know, during the day when, I, when I'm working and when I'm busy just to know what I'm eating and I just do that day to day. However, when we get into a fat loss phase, when it's important that you're accurate because you're trying to eat in a calorie deficit to lose body fat. Yes. So what I do in a deficit is I just eat the same thing for the week. Yep. I'll just do one day. I'll eat the same breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then if we say, if we go out and I'll, I'll, you know, obviously try and track it much more accurately and choose something that's easy to track like a steak, Mm -hmm. but I'll eat every other meal the same. Yep. Because... What I think that does is, you know, it takes out the decision fatigue, you're a bit tired, a bit hungry, you know, you'll be hungry because you're in a deficit, you know, and it takes out that room for error. Yep. Because when you're tracking on the fly and you're putting things in, even if you think you're tracking accurately, you'll be making mistakes. No. Like, it's I'm, just I'm, easier. I'm yet, I'm yet to see in almost my decade of doing this, anyone who can, especially in a fat loss phase, that can track on the fly and still be losing at the rate that is what I would deem successful fat loss on a week-to-week basis. Just doesn't fucking happen. No. People believe they go. Oh, I'm doing everything. I'm hitting my numbers, and I'm like, yep. "Is your measurements going down?" Like, no, it's not. I'm like, "You are fucking it up." But I'm hitting my numbers. I'm like, "I'm telling well, I you, think the, you yeah, are fucking, fucking it up." up. And the other thing too is alcohol. Like, I'm like, if you're trying to lose, and look, I've done it. I've drunk alcohol in deficit, and it's hard because mm-hmm. you have to account for the calories. So you have to take. Can you drink and lose body fat? Yes. Yep. Yeah, you can. Sure. Obviously, it's Calorie calories. Deficit. Yep. But it makes it a fuck ton harder. It, yeah. you, you, you're hungry on the day because yes. you're cutting out calories. Mm. You have a shit sleep. Yep. Then you're hungry the next day because yep. you've had a shit sleep. Yep. So it just makes it and so then, much and harder. Then your training is affected by yep. that. So yep. you're then not able to hit the numbers to maintain the muscle you've got. You're more likely to lose some more muscle because when you're in an mm. energy deficit, you're more prone to muscle loss because of the catabolic effect mm. nature of being in a deficit. So why would you do anything further because it's so easy to lose muscle mm. when you're in a deficit why mm. would you do anything to fucking disrupt that like for me personally i'm like well i've spent 13 months eating a lot of food and not looking as great managed to maneuver my way through the summertime wearing some shirts and loose fitting clothes and different things like that but it's like I, I put all this time in because i really wanted to make some big leaps in terms of my strength performances so you know that muscle gain could be shown and it's just like to me, I'm just like, it would just be the dumbest thing to do. And now I'm not, I'm not telling you can never drink, but what I'm, no, what, what it, I'm saying is. You'll just make better progress if you don't. you make better progress. And if it's important to you, just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't fucking do it. You don't need to do it. Like no one gives a shit whether you drink or not. The yeah. only people who fucking give a shit about that are your fucking useless friends who are <laughs> out of shape and want to fucking drink and do stupid shit like that all the time anyway. And who gives a fuck Did about that? Did you have them? to ask yourself like, fuck? why are you doing it? Like, why do you have to do it? Yeah. You have to have that honest conversation. And I think, you know, so often with clients, when we talk to them, they'll be, they'll say, oh, but you know, I had to eat out, you know, five times. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Mm. You know, like, and the reason you're not making progress, oh, but I made good choices, but it doesn't matter because it's so hard, it's so hard to track accurately, especially when you go to restaurants, they use so much fats. I'm not saying don't ever go out, like, but maybe, you know, if you know that you have to go out, like you're going out once a week. Be really good for the rest of the week. Track yeah. everything, plan in advance, eat the same shit every day. So then when you go out, it's one meal and yeah. it's not going to make a difference. That's right. But when you're going 
oh, I skipped breakfast today and then I'm tracking on the fly and then I'm going out for dinner every night. It's like, of course you're not going to get the results that you want. And it's, it, knuckle down and do the work yeah. and get there. And then the maintenance is easier because you know, people go, I want balance. But it's like it's the unbalancedness, which is not a word, that got you to this place. <laughs> you know, so you have yes. to dial it in. Yes. You have to, but it, it just becomes so much easier when you get there. Yeah. All right. So fat loss phase. All right. There is no such thing as balance, by the way. People are like, I want to have this balance. Balance means you make no progress. Yeah, I just think it's like you've got to stop. You go to you say, you well, fuck balance, <laughs> be great. Do you understand? If you're in a fat loss phase, be dedicated to the fat loss phase because the reason you entered the fucking fat loss phase in the in the in the beginning was because you wanted a specific outcome. But you won't you regret can't it. You have won't a regret great it. outcome and have balance. It does not fucking work. Fuck. And it, it just prolongs it. It just prolongs it too. Yes. Like you it get does. in and out in a fat loss phase in what? 12 weeks and get amazing results and go, fuck yeah. yeah. And then, you know, like you can have a little bit more room to move and you can go out on the weekend, have a meal off the plan. It's not going to matter, but it's like do the work. Yeah. Knuckle down, say yeah. no. If you don't want to do that, don't fucking enter into a fat loss phase. Mm. Like if you're like, look, I, I, I've got to do all these sort of things. I'm like, cool, that's fine. I'm not judging that. Mm. Like you do whatever you want, but it's just like when you, when you want to enter this and you're like, yeah, but I still want to have this great physique and lose this body fat, but I still want to do all the things that are not conducive at yeah. all to de to developing that physique or seeing that particular fat loss actually mm. happen, just stop it. Just don't do it. It's not going to fucking ruin your life for the next 12 weeks if you don't fucking go out and have a drink. Yeah, Fuck it But go out and just don't drink. Just yeah, choose just, just to drink. Just drink. You just have to, but you have to practice doing it. I've been doing it for years and I still get all the <laughs> questions from people, your sister mainly, she's like, I just don't know how you managed to go out with all these people around you drinking and you just never drink. And I'm like, well, I just don't drink. Mm. It's not that fucking hard. You just don't do it. Like I just, it, it, it just baffles me the amount of conversations I've had like that over the years where people are just I like, can't understand. they're just like, how do you yeah. do it? And I'm like, what do you mean? I choose that drink instead of that one. It's not fucking complicated. Yeah. Anyway. So. The fat loss, all right. So when we hit the fat loss. I haven't loss, had a rant on me you know, for a while, actually. I think, though, like, it's just, you know, you've got to ask yourself, am I happy how I am? Is You're not fucking happy. Is this decision going to get me closer or further away? Draw a line in the sand. Get on with it, people. It, but it really is just, I think, every day, every week, making those micro decisions that just basically reinforce the new identity, you know? Yeah. I want to be that woman who is strong and capable and athletic and sleeps well and has great cycles. And it's like... Yeah. Is choosing that alcohol right now? I'm not again. Not saying you never have, you can never drink again because I still drink. Yeah, but is just, is that is is this in line with? Is this decision moving me closer and reinforcing this new identity? Yeah. And it, it's just and every time you make that decision, it that gets a bit easier. Yeah. It gets a bit easier, you know. And yeah, it is fucking hard at the start. We're like, I'm, I used to be the biggest pisshead ever and trying to change, but. It just, when I go back and do it, because I fall, sometimes, like I said, the last 12 weeks, and then I'm like, fuck, I don't want to be like this anymore. Mm. Like, I don't, and it's not even about how I look, it's about how I feel. So, all right, so when we hit the fat loss phase. Just, just on that, like, I, I, obviously, I've been, you know, we, like, we've had events and stuff, and stuff, and like, I've been having, like, one or maybe two meals off the plan, but during my muscle gain phase, I've got more wiggle room to just, if I eat a little bit more on a white night or whatever, it's not going to matter, because... Like, it, you know, the whole goal is slowly about pushing my weight up. And if again, it's, it's, it's just not a big deal. Hmm. Right. But when I'm in a fat loss phase and especially like for a photo shoot specific to, to look really lean, it's like, I won't do it at all. I just yeah. won't. No. Will my life end if I don't go out for three or four months because I'm trying to fuck it? No one, 
no one cares. But I still think, but, though, Craig, like, you can do it, but you have to be very... I'm not saying that you're going to do it. I'm not, I'll no support. one can do it successfully. I'm yes, they can. You don't I've give a flying it. fuck what you say. Yes. No one can do it. You I can do it. See it you, I'm, I, I agree with cutting out the booze, but I think if you plan, like, one strategy that I used previously, because I knew we had a lot of things on it was in a fat loss phase, I took 100 calories from every day, so I had 100 calories less when I put them on a Saturday, and then I could have a meal off the plan, and I didn't had that more flex room. I didn't need to worry, and it worked. I dropped body fat, but I was like legit 100% consistent the rest of the week. Every fucking meal ate the same thing. So if you know that you're doing that, have some strategy in place. Don't drink alcohol, and you know. But you're also a black belt when it comes of to course. understanding food. Yeah, and but what I'm saying is that you like can you, do it if you do done, the right things. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can. Yeah, if you be smart. If you be smart. But, but I also know if, if for me to get to the result that I want, if I just don't do it, the result will always be better. Yeah. Well, anyway. Look, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to have a really legit result, you just don't do it. Look, but you can. Look, if you just be smart. No. You. Listen. Okay. So when we, when we hit the dieting phase, how, because this will be over like, let's just say 12 weeks. Yeah. Right. So how do you, how much deficit? What what percentage of your maintenance calories would you start at? For me? Yeah. Um, um, I, I usually like to go hard the first two weeks. So I'll actually probably do something like a 25 to 30% drop. Oh, so an aggressive deficit yeah. to start with. Why? Yeah. Um, because it, it will, based off that percentage, I can see how much I drop and then I can recalculate to bring it back in because I want to be losing about 0.75 to 1% of body weight per week. So if I start aggressive, I can really see what changes. Like I think sometimes people go a bit too concerned. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to start in a 10% whatever. But do you think though for someone like say me, mm -hmm. like you wouldn't do that strategy with me? Well, it doesn't matter. Like you can start at 10% if you like. 10 to 15%. Like would you start? Yeah, I think 15% yeah. is Is fine. it good? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if, you, if you start too small, you won't you see, see any difference. Yeah. So would yeah. you say then 15% is a good starting point? Yeah, 15 Yeah. 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 Um, cause you know, like I'm of less fat than you mm -hmm. and <laughs> as I've pointed out many times, um, I'm so offended by the way. And also so I don't, you have know, less body fat to lose and I don't respond well to aggressive calorie tips. Mm. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> Thanks for that. Captain fucking obvious. But, but, but I think, you okay. Be, so you're a crap on, ah, oh, sausage. <laughs> I don't like dieting. Why am I dieting? Why listen, do this? I don't want to do this. Listen, anymore. fatty. We're all not fat like you, right? So... <laughs> Anyway, but with clients, when you're typically working with clients and women that we work with, would you start them at about 15%? Yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. And then... And it, again, mm. it would also depend on the person. Like if, yep. if they're my client, I've been working with them for a long time. Mm. I also understand how they respond. Yeah. Because I've got fucking so much data mm. behind them and there's been so many conversations and understanding like... Mm. You know, like it's, so it's, you know, that, that it might be a little bit more aggressive than that. If there's a timeline in place. And if they're know. in a good position too, like if you, if yeah. the health wise, their health markers are good. Yeah. Cause you'd never do something like this with someone who's under muscled, shit sleep, loads of stress. Like it's just not a good strategy, you know, right. like it's, exactly. would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. yeah. So, yeah. so, but we're, we're both healthy. Yeah. Well, now that I'm not sick anymore, I'm healthy, feeling really good. Started training again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, how much would you want me to be losing per week? See, that's the thing. You just don't have that much to lose. So I, I it's, you know, it, 
I'm just going to look at pictures pretty much mm. for you. Like mm. I look at body weight and sort of see measurements. The so like probably if you're losing like, a, you know, 0.5% of body weight per week, I think that would be fine for mm. you. Yeah. Um, you know, and then whatever that works out into into centimeters lost, you know, it might be, you know, two or three centimeters or something like that and go yeah. to measurements. It won't be a lot. Um, but it, it really will sort of determine what, what needs to happen if we need to make it more aggressive or less aggressive after those first two weeks. So mm. the first two weeks, regardless, if you're in a gaining phase, you're in a, in a mini cut, you're in, you know, a holding phase, you're in a lower maintenance phase, you're in a fat loss phase. The first two weeks is always going to determine what the next steps are for the rest of the phase. Mm. So, you know, if we start at 15, we'll run it for two weeks, see what the outcome is. If we need to be more aggressive, we can be more, if we don't need to, we don't need to. Two more things I want to touch on before we wrap it up and move on to the training is, mm. um, Another thing, what somewhere some another place where I see women potentially go wrong when they're dieting is I think when we're in this surplus phase in the building phase, you can have more. I wouldn't say fun foods, but food like because you're in a calorie surplus. Yes. So, um, you know, like for example, I had this afternoon an Anzac biscuit and a big cup of milk, four hundred mils of milk with ten grams of casein. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have that when I was dieting. No. Because it's not very filling. Yes. Like drinking a lot of liquids isn't very filling. And I think when you're dieting, you re- reduce calories. You want to really make sure that nearly all of those calories are giving you bang for your buck in terms yeah, of nutrients and satiating. So filling. So for example, when I'm in a surplus, I'd drink more juice versus I'd eat whole oranges. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have more fun foods. Like when I say fun, it's fun, but it's not the right word, but like fudge, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm just, well, I've hit all my nutrients. I'm getting food. all my nutrients. So fudge yeah. is just sugar. Yep. You know, but if you were dieting and in a deficit, you probably fudge is not a great idea because it's not particularly filling. Absolutely not. And it's not bad for you, but it's just sugar. It's just energy, really. A bit of calcium in there too. So I think, you know, when you're dieting. I I think, you know, it it, it just, for for me, like when I'm looking at a a client's food setup, you know, when they go into a deficit, generally I I don't want to be making any big changes to their food because that should have been established for somebody either through a recon phase or through a muscle building phase, what foods work better. Because especially when you're pushing a lot of food in, digestion can mm. sort of... Yeah, so liquids are good, I think. Stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, w- when you then go into your like, okay, I've gained, you know, for, like for me, for example, it's like I've pretty much been eating the same kind of mm. diet for the, the entire 30 months, like years really. But, you know, mm. I always make sure it's always a couple of eggs. There's always beef mince. There's always a piece of fish in there. There's always liver, carrots. Oysters, always the, well, there's always the mushrooms. Juice, liver and oranges. Yeah. There's, all, dairy. there's just these staple foods that always need to be in my diet because A, I enjoy them, but they're also they're very nutrient dense and mm. make sure I'm not deficient in anything. So the, the change of my diet from a muscle building phase to a fat loss phase is just purely reducing the quantities of those foods. Mm. You know, But not everyone's like you, a robot who eats the same thing every day. Yes, that's, women don't that, do that. That's true, but what what the point I'm trying to make, excuse me, is that you shouldn't be massively overhauling your diet in a no, fact. But what I'm saying is, like, probably women can relate more to me because they're not eating like you, but they might be eating like me. So, like this morning for breakfast, you know, having juice instead of whole oranges, so I'll yeah, swap the, that out. You know, yeah, I'll have I'll have the same le- thing. But... I'll have less milk and have more yogurt. Yes, and you know things that, like I'd probably take out the fudge and the Anzac biscuits. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just have more filling foods. But, but at the same time, if you're ticking all of those boxes from all of the nutrient perspective, mm-hmm. if having a piece of fudge is going to allow you to adhere to the diet. Yeah, do it. 
then absolutely do it, you know. And I think that's very person dependent. Totally. Some people could go, I, I absolutely can't live without it. It's like, fine, yeah. we'll put it in. If you can, it's just like, let's find a better option. Because yeah. there are Because it's just not, it's just like, and yeah. when you're in a deficit, you're already hungry. Yes. So you can, you can be less hungry. Yeah. <laughs> if you're eating more fruit, potatoes, yeah. rice, yeah. meat, eggs, you know, yeah. things that are more satiating, I think, filling, yeah. a bit yeah. more fiber. Yeah. You know, just makes it, just makes it easier and more tolerable. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and last thing, cardio. Ooh. So let's talk about steps. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm actually going to get our friend Libby on the podcast again next month, I think. And I'm going to get her to just talk about everything cardio. So like zone one, zone two, yeah. is it zone three? Is there four zones? Four zones. Four zones. Yeah. So get her to talk about, because I think where women go wrong, because this is what I used to do, is I used to just flog the fuck out of myself. Mm. Long, hard runs. I do what I thought was hit, but it's not real hit, mm. according to Libby. No. Um, like you said, true hit, you're only going to do it like once a week. Right, true, actual, proper hit. And it's like yeah. 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not long. Yeah, no. so I used to smash myself and just do all these classes and boot camps and cardio and cardio, cardio, which was really beneficial and not helping build muscle. Mm -hmm. But when you can do it more strategically and in the right zone, so I've been, since, you know, we did the last podcast, I've been doing one recovery session a week. So zone two heart rate, about 145 beats a minute and it's pretty easy and I do it on the stepper and it actually really helps me with my muscle because I like to push my heart training hard. I don't do any sprints because so I can't be fucked. Um, but, and I, and I do steps yeah. and I do, I do I just walk. Yep. I'm not actually haven't set myself a step target now because like yesterday, because I was busy and couldn't go for a walk, I did about 5,000 steps. But today, because I've walked to the bank I'm just doing what I would do normally, and I'm just going to see what happens. Whereas I know you probably you're setting an actual step target. Yeah, I always have a step target. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll have it at twelve thousand for me. Mm. Um, I, I think, um, like I, I, I just do twelve thousand because it, mm. it, it's it's beneficial for a number of reasons, and it's it's I've got a really good walking route routine. We walk to the gym, different things like that. That it's quite easy for me to hit that on the daily. Mm. So I, I, I'll probably just keep it at 12,000 the entire time and just let my food, you know, massively sort of dictate it. If there will be a cutoff point where I'm like, if I need to make another drop, I'll use more steps mm. as opposed to the, the drop. Um, and, and that's just a thing that makes sense. We only really want to change one variable at a time. Mm. So it's just like, just let food do it, keep everything else the same. Mm. Then once that sort of hits the point, maybe after you've made a few dietary reductions then you can then increase that a little bit more but and yeah. probably if you're new to this and you're getting into the habits like i wouldn't do what i'm doing because I've, I've you know had a, i've done steps for like years and years and years and it just showed on those 12 weeks where i didn't track them and i just walked because I'm, I'm generally quite an active person naturally mm. i don't really need to try and aim to get steps yeah, like, well, I guess I just always Kim go, oh, when, when she sleeps, <laughs> I just always take She's the dogs for a walk and I get up from my desk quite often. Yeah. You know, I don't like sitting still for long periods of time. So for me, I just do, I just, you know, so I'll just do that. And then when we get maybe to the fat loss phase, I'll actually have a proper step target Yeah, and hit that every day. Um, yeah. And I think that's it. Do you want anything, anything else around the nutrition? No, I, I don't think so. I think um, I think that's kind of the main things. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, tune in next episode, and we're going to talk about the training. So, how what the training is going to look like. Training. The training. Oh, Daz, back with the training tips. Um, what that's going to look like in the building phase, then the difference, you know, in the fat loss phase, and you know why we're focusing mainly on 
you know, strength training, not cardio, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so tune in for that. So as always, take a screenshot and share of the episode and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. And each month I pick a winner and they get a tub of Saturay premium collagen valued at $79. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.